Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to Mom and Dot 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 and to our discussion today about backfilling the busy. No guest today, unfortunately. No guest today. We just have the two of us. But we are expert on backfilling the busy. So I I do consider us experts, really. Yeah, we kind of are the guests today. We don't need a third party. But just because this is our first full episode, we want to make sure we talk about some of the exciting guests we do have coming up in the weeks ahead. So next week, we're going to have... Jen Mann. If you're not familiar with her, she does amazing People I Want to Punch in the Throat website, as as well as her latest book is People I Want to Punch in the Throat While Traveling. Uh, She's got a series of books and also a series of I Just Want to Pee Alone books, which I'm sure a lot of (laughs) mothers can can relate to uh, their anthologies. I've actually had the privilege of being in a few of them. We'll talk about that with her as well. And then you want to talk about Steph a little bit? So yeah, and we've promoted on social media a little bit already. So if you're following us everywhere, which I don't know why you wouldn't be, you've seen we're having Steph Baron Hall on and uh, she has an Instagram account that is the Nine Types Co., Nine Types Company, um, all about the Enneagram. And her book is The Enneagram in Love, but it's not just about your romantic relationships. Uh, people have said they can use it for business relationships and friendships and any relationship you're in, family maybe. And we're going to um, do it for us and figure out how our Enneagram types affect how we should be working together. Yeah. Because although we've shared a lot of conference hotel rooms together, we have not had an official working relationship before. So. <laughs> No, nothing beyond negotiating who gets the bathroom when. (laughs) If we can do that, we can do anything. We can do anything. (laughs) And let's see who else we got coming up. We've got Olga Mekin, who's going to be coming, who's just releasing the U.S. release. It's already been released in Europe, a book called Nixon. Have you ever heard of this philosophy called Nixon? No, I had to Google it. And it might be because I'm pronouncing it wrong, (laughs) but it's N-I-K-S-E-N. And it is the Dutch art of doing nothing, which I just find so amazing. And I was able to get an advanced copy to get prepared for having this chat with her. I think it's a great philosophy and just something to aspire to as busy moms. So we're going to have Olga on and we've got KJ Delantonia, who... If you follow Reese's book club, our yeah. new The Chicken Sisters book is this current month's uh, Reese pick of the month. And before that, had written a book about how to be a happier parent and also used to be the editor of the Motherload blog on the New York Times. So just has a wealth of information. And she's a lot of fun to talk to. And she's a lot of fun. And we've got a lot of exciting shows lined up that are not just our wonderful faces. (laughs) For today, though, we're going to be talking about something that really leads into everything we're going to talk about in every episode we ever have is this idea of backfilling the busy. So I don't know if we coined this term. I think we may have, we should probably trademark this term, Missy. I think it's a pretty good one. Backfilling the busy. I'm sure even if you haven't heard the term, since we're just making it up, you have experienced this. And when I really felt this is when my youngest, my son was going off to kindergarten and I had supposedly all this 
new free time. You know, he was gone like seven hours a day, mm -hmm. but I just totally felt myself still being super busy and I couldn't figure it out. Like, what did I do when he was here that I'm not doing or doing too much of? And it's, I mean, free time for moms is kind of, I don't know. It's like you're going from 150% to 100% capacity. It's not like it's right. super freed up, but I still, then I started to kind of take a closer look at the time and I found out that I was volunteering and signing up and just agreeing to all these weird things that I felt yeah. like I should be doing now that I had free time, especially at my kids' schools. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I've ever confessed this to you, Missy, but I used to organize and photograph all the items in my kids lost and found at school. Oh yeah. Like we're talking <laughs> lunch. When you were the queen of the lost and found. Yeah. And sweatshirts that are just like in the mulch out in the playground Ugh. for a week and then someone brings them in and puts them in a pile. Yep. So I would take pictures of those and organize them and then post them on a special Facebook page so that other parents who were too busy to go to the school and check the lost and found, which by the way, your kids should be able to do this themselves anyway. <laughs> but they should, but they cannot. But so I was doing that. So they could have, you know, an easier way to find these items. And I was like, yeah. okay, so just let that sink in for a minute. So I mean, that's I a lot of time. Like this wasn't just five minutes. I mean, this was an hour yeah. or two a week. Hours. Organizing. I needed you at our school when we lost many a sweatshirt. Although well, multiple times I went to the bin myself and guess what was in there? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. So I spent all that time organizing all this stuff to make things easier for other people mm -hmm. instead of doing things that were providing value to me. So whose time am I valuing here? And the Don't you part think you fell into the shoulds? I, I really think I fell into the shoulds. I fell into the shoulds. I, I shoulded myself to death. <laughs> exactly. Like, I wasn't yeah. working full time, so I should be doing all of this stuff at school. I exactly. should be in the library once a week. I should be packing lunches and do just all the shooting. Exactly. It's exhausting. Exactly. And and I I do think there is a time and a place for doing these jobs though. Yes. Like I used yes. to I used to work in the teacher's workroom at the school and I would just laminate and make copies for teachers who are really busy and it meant a yeah. lot to me because I value teachers so much and I wanted to take Absolutely. that off of them and I got to tell you for you know those first couple years of when my son was just kind of at mother's day out or you know I just had an hour here or there I got to go talk to other adults I got yep. to smell the laminator machine which smells pretty good <laughs> I a little buzz. love to laminate I love to laminate. there is a little something about laminating yeah. and doing yeah. the die cut machine oh yeah and they would have snacks there mm -hmm. and it was just when my kids were starting at that school we had just moved into the district so it was a nice way to get to know the teachers so yep. I'm not dissing on the jobs and I'm not dissing on being involved at your kids school but I am just saying that there's a time and a place and I did that job for four years <laughs> so and you can overdo it you can, you can do it just that. Not every school has this experience, but I think where you were and where my kids were, especially in elementary school, there was an abundance of people to help. It didn't have to be just me. Yes. Um, and it wasn't. I mean, I, you know, I never was the queen of the PTA because there were people who were able to do that and do it better than I did. But I probably overcommitted to things or signed up for extra things 
not because I thought there's nobody else to do it, but I thought I should be doing it. Why wouldn't I do it? Well, you know, the thing that finally stopped me is I went away for a girl's weekend and one of the girls told me when you don't say no to some things, you don't let other people say yes to them. Mm. So even though I had probably gotten over after a couple of years needing to work in the teacher's workroom, it was time for me to do something else and let someone else who was in that stage with their kids yeah. that it filled the perfect gap in their schedule to do that and it filled what they needed socially for that day and i was taking that away from them because i felt like i should be the mm-hmm. one doing it so i think that you can actually use the excuse of benefiting others by getting some of that stuff off your list and not backfilling that busy i like it but i'm not signing up for this class party because i want someone else to be able to do it <laughs> I can justify anything now. Be like, oh no, I'm sorry. I can't bring those paper plates to the party because that would really take that opportunity away from someone else. Man, I don't miss class parties. I'm not sad to be done. Oh yeah, no parties this year. But you know, I was trying to figure out like, where did that come from? Because I think you and me and probably a lot of other moms, I mean, once upon a time, I considered myself a pretty valuable part of the community. I was a senior account director. I had meetings with senior marketing people at, you know, Apple and Disney. I felt like my time was valuable. I got paid like I was valuable, but it was as soon as I quit that job, it was no longer getting a paycheck that there was like this identity crisis and value crisis. Mm -hmm. Cause I think we Mm -hmm. just equate income to value. And, and how valuable your time is. And so we treat it accordingly and we're willing just to give it away. And yeah. that gets to be a really dangerous habit, especially we as equate. more time fills, uh, as more time frees up. Uh-huh. If your habit is to fill it with that, you just start taking bigger and bigger right. busy that doesn't add any value to you. Right. And we value busyness. You know, I, there are people in my life that when you ask them how they are, no matter what's going on, they say, I'm just so busy. Yep. I'm so busy, but they say it with pride. And I think maybe speaking personally for myself for a while, I felt like if I wasn't earning a paycheck, I better well be busy. Oops. Do we curse on our podcast? I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out about that. And then we can, we can bleep it if we need to. We can bleep it. Um, but I better be busy. I better be doing something. And all of those things are super valuable. Every, every volunteer job you're doing, everything you're doing to help your kids or your family or your community, whatever, it's, it does have value, but you don't have to run yourself ragged doing those things. Yeah. And I did discover, cause again, I love the teachers. I love being involved with my kids' school, but after I got rid of that lost and found job, I started doing more stuff for the PTA in a marketing capacity. So that was something that matched up with my past yeah. It was fun. Oh, I got to play around with Canva and make like little images and flyers and it wasn't working on, you know, iPod launches, but it was, but it was still fun. And, and it kind of was able to scratch that itch, the, the marketing stuff that I'd been doing in the past. Um, but it also mattered that, to your school community that mattered. Yeah. So there's, there's ways of still doing things that aren't necessarily, you know, front page of the New York times, but there are, they're giving you that skill and kind of keeping your skills fresh Mm -hmm. uh, for maybe when you do consider getting back in the job market. Yeah. 
So we've talked a little bit about why we do this, about struggling to find our value or feeling like we have to fill up all of our time. But I've been thinking a lot since we started talking about doing this episode about what really is behind it for me, because all of the busyness I created for myself, all of those little volunteer jobs or all of those little tasks, sometimes it's a task around the house, like I absolutely have to clean this drawer out kind of thing. Alphabetize the spice rack for sure. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you should, my bathroom cabinet is beautiful right now because I just felt like I had to do it one day. But for me, that's part of this letting perfect get in the way of done. And because I can't do whatever this big dream of mine is, which currently is finishing a novel, I can't get it perfect. I can't do it. I mean, I've been struggling and struggling. And so instead of sitting down and doing that, I'm backfilling my busy with all kinds of other tasks to just try and say, well, I don't have time. I don't have time to sit and bash my head against the keyboard over the edits because I got I to gotta clean my bathroom cabinet first. Yeah, so, so busy. I'm so guilty of that. And for me, I think it is just a, also a major avoidance strategy. Yeah. As I mean, there's fear. There's fear in trying to do something that you really want to do. So, you know, you're avoiding the potential that what if I do it and I'm not good at it or somebody thinks it's bad. And, you know, if I'm too busy fostering puppies or organizing lost and found racks, then couldn't critique that book that I didn't have time to write. I mean, it's just kind of right. And I have other things to show for my time, which is two dogs, right? Who now live in your house and dig up your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't recommend that as a backfilling the busy. Yeah. And lots of value in that. Those doggies have a home now, but there is value. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is the thing with backfilling the busy. And I think that's how we allow ourselves to keep the busy. Yeah. Because these things do have some, well, not all of them have value. I, my spice rack could have lived without being alphabetized. But a lot right. of the things we do have, you know, paint in the kitchen. Yeah. I mean, that makes your house pretty. It makes your environment nice. But did it have to happen that day that you were supposed to do, you know, X, Y, Z to get you towards your goal? Probably not. Probably not. Right. And actually, KJ Delantonio, who's going to be our guest uh, next month, I love one of her sayings. It's just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. And she uses this for a lot of job yes. options that will come up like, oh, I'm thinking of doing something with my time. And you just kind of scroll, scroll, scroll and be like, oh, well, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could do that too. And, and then you jump at it and you do it. And then you're like, don't take the time to be like, well, did I want to do that? Right. Was that the best move for me or for it, these people who hired me? Maybe I, maybe yeah, none of exactly. us are for each other. And so I just, I think I try to think about that now when, mm-hmm. um, when I'm taking something on or I see something that's somewhat exciting in the sense that I could do it because it feels yeah. good. It feels good to know that you could do something well, but should you? Is it really going to fulfill you? Is it going to make you happy? Is it getting you to the next right. step in your career or towards what you're trying to do with your life? Yeah, I think another piece of my backfilling that kind of ties into that putting things off and the procrastination piece of it is imposter syndrome. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like a novelist. Uh, I know you're writing a book. You may not feel like you're really this thing yet and it's you get all up in your head and instead of dwelling on that or pushing through it because you know until I write the novel I am not a novelist Um, but instead of doing that I get wrapped up in the imposter syndrome and I find something else to do instead yeah Um, and how many people I mean we we are surrounded by writers and we know writers who've 
written book after book and they still feel that way. So it just, yeah, it's insidious. It doesn't feel like it ever goes away. And I try to tell my brain that, no, it's not because you haven't done it. Just work past it. You know, yeah, just keep doing the thing. Yeah. Um, and make don't it till you around. make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like being podcasters, for example. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge leap to do this because I do let that perfect get in the way of done. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to do a podcast. And we are learning as we go. And I, I've been talking about doing a podcast off and on for the longest time. I don't know, years. I know you have as well. And if it had been left up to me, if you hadn't said, let's just go, I, mean, I think I'd still be sitting down trying to figure out like, so where does the podcast live and how does it go out into the world? Like it's, you just figure it out as you go and you just do it. I need, need to take that lesson with me. We just kind of did it. Yeah. And some people may say that, hey, are we backfilling the crazy a little bit here too? Or backfilling the busy a bit? And Maybe. I, do, I do think there's a little bit of that, but I also think it's something that's propelling us forward towards something that we want to be doing as well. Yeah. Because I think a big part of what drives both of us is helping people, especially yep. helping other moms and building communities for moms, but also getting to know people and learn from them, which interviewing Absolutely. experts is going to do. So, and I think that that can't help but add value to us and hopefully to the listeners as well. If nothing else, we're going to have so much information. Even if we're the only people, us and our guests who are doing this thing together, it's going to be great. Yes. <laughs> oh, we'll be ready for anything. Yeah. Oh, so I do think one of the most dangerous things about backfilling the busy is most people just don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah. They just think they're busy and they're too busy yeah. to think about if they're backfilling their busy. Right. So I have, once I identified this about myself and I think anybody who's listening, just take, just take a little reality check minute here. You're super busy. We get it kids are busy. And mm -hmm. I do want to, I want to plop in here just because both Missy and I like to volunteer with a lot of communities that probably are populated by people that don't really have the luxury to necessarily sit back Absolutely. and reflect about how appropriately busy they are because they are just scrapping and they are getting through life and they don't really have the luxury um, of Backfilling the trying to optimize their busyness. Yeah. Um, so we do want to yeah. be sensitive to that um, and yeah. know that we're totally aware of that. But I do think there is space in everyone's life, even if it's just a couple minutes a day, mm -hmm. to do something that's a little bit higher value for you and let someone else say yes to that. You say no to that little thing so someone else can say yes to it and you say yes to something else that's bigger and better fit for you. But do know we get it. No matter what your situation is in life, there are times when there's not time to think about how busy you are. You just got to get through the day. But we're talking about for the times when you do have that space that opens Absolutely. up. Especially whether it's kids who are taking 100 plus percent of your time. A lot of friends in our circle are taking care of aging parents yep. or kids who are older who have special needs. There's, there's a lot of things that can take a lot of time space, mental space, heart space. So we are trying to be realistic about that, but also do, do take some time to reflect because I gotta think that yeah. there's a little bit of social media scrolling time or right. maybe some other things that feel so good because you feel like it's your relaxing and your chill out time. 
But let's let's spend, you know, the next several episodes talking about maybe some other things that we can do with that time because it's so yeah. easy to just zone out instead of kind of focus in on. Yeah. On I don't have the study in front of me, but there's a study I just read that talked about the scrolling of the social media, the posting, all of that. It actually increases your dopamine level. Yeah. Um, and so it does something for you that then becomes addictive and you fill that time with this emptiness really, but you're filling it and it feels so good. Yeah. It's like gambling. It's like the slot machine. Yeah. Because you want to see what that next thing's going to be. Like, ooh, if I scroll through the news, that next, I don't want to be the person to miss that one big breaking story. Yeah. And it can feel like value to us because- it reaches something, it feeds something. So at the end of the day, you can say, oh yeah, I was so busy. Mm-hmm. And maybe you do have to step back and go, okay, what, what did I do? I don't, you know, we're talking a little bit about like, what do we do about backfilling the busy? And I think it takes a really conscious effort and I haven't done this yet, but to sit down and look at your hours, we all have the same number of hours and a mutual friend of ours, Wendy Aarons sent a tweet that I thought was really funny, but she was talking about Stacey Abrams changed everything in Georgia, (laughs) completely motivated and moved this force of people to vote. And she's also a published writer and many books. And she's just a romance writer too. A romance writer, I know, which I haven't read and I hear they're amazing. Mm -hmm. She's doing all of this. So what excuse do we have? And I think Stacey Abrams clearly is someone who looked at her 24 hours and said, I'm not going to backfill my busy. I'm going to do what matters for me and my community. Um, so, but if there are other people out there like me, this is especially hard. I think it has to do with your personality type. I remember I had the biggest aha moment. I was in the middle, literally busy backfilling. I was filling my backyard with uh, three pallets of sod. And <laughs> I remember two, when you did I think that. It was two and a half tons of pea gravel. And yeah. I listened to the podcast, uh, Happier by Gretchen Rubin. And she was talking about the four tendencies. So Someday, I think we got to have the goal of having Gretchen Rubin on the podcast to talk a little bit about this. In, in the meantime, yes. we'll, we'll probably refer to it here and there. But these four tendencies, and what she was talking about in this episode was how if we're the center of our universe, and then the other people in the world are the circles around us. So there's a circle of your spouse and your kids. And then you know, as you go out, it's your more distant family. And then it's your neighbors and so on and so on. And she was talking about how people have different feelings of responsibility to each of those rings. And Mm -hmm. it seems total common sense that the things that are closest to you, like yourself and your, you know, spouse and your children would be your first priority. But then there's wackadoos like me that for some reason, I feel like the outer ring takes priority. Mm -hmm. So there are people, complete strangers that I feel more indebted to do something to help them. I literally have forgotten to feed my son lunch once because I was delivering a space heater to a neighbor who needed it, who I'd never (laughs) even met. It was just someone on our neighborhood Facebook group who put a call out for a space heater. And I was like, I must go help this person. And it's just, I mean, it made me feel better to know that, okay, this is a type of person. I am a type of person that does this. It's not just me. There's others like me, but it just makes it 
even extra harder if you're piling on that, okay, I don't bring in an income anymore, so I don't have any value. And, you know, I feel like I don't have any skills anymore because I've been at home with the kids for 10 years, yeah. so I don't have any more value. And I feel like this person on my neighborhood Facebook page deserves my time more than myself and the people in my inner core. So I'm fighting against a lot of stuff to not backfill the busy. So I, yeah. I got to think that there's others out there like that. Are you like that, Missy? Is it just me? I'm absolutely <laughs> like that. I think we have to do another episode on the four tendencies for sure, but we're both obligers. So anyone listening who knows about that, we'll put a link in the show notes. But I feel a lot of responsibility for things that are outside of that circle. And several years ago, I was in therapy and the therapist said, there's a difference between responsible to and responsible for. Ooh. And it blew my mind. And I think about it I'm going to pull time. up Renee Brown and make you say that again. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> Very Brene of you. Uh, yes, you're responsible to is different than responsible for. So I am responsible to these people, these circles around me, but that doesn't mean I'm responsible for taking care of their stuff or for their behavior or for the way they make me feel or any of that. I am not responsible for that. I'm only responsible to them, meaning I need to take care of my stuff so that I can then handle them. So it's, we could do a whole episode on it, yes. but it is something yes. that I think about as an obliger. I'm only responsible to, I think about an organization I volunteer with a lot. I'm responsible to them. I need to meet my requirements, but I'm not responsible for the things that fall through the cracks that aren't part of me. I don't need to go scoop that all up and make that all okay. That's not on me, but it is my tendency yes. to go fix all of that. I know. And now I want to go fix whatever you didn't. Can I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's no, it's a ring so far out from me. I just need, I need to go take care yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. So I, my husband's like that too. So to oh. live in a house with two people like that is sometimes disastrous. Oh and yeah. Cause I put my husband in charge of calling me out. Once I identified it in myself, mm -hmm. and I'll be doing something and I'll be like, Hey, you know, I'm looking at Austin pets alive. Look at these cute puppies. And he's like, uh, how's no. your book proposal going? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's, it's good to have someone who can kind of, and not in a really accusatory way and not in a right. shaming way, but just a, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, is that I think I could put my kids in charge of that for me. They love to call me out on stuff. Oh yeah. They call <laughs> me out on my social media scrolling. They'll be like, Oh, who's on their, who's on their phone now? So mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they called me out this morning when I was sucked into the news again. And they were like, hey, hi, we're here. Like, you're right. I need to keep moving. Gotta, are you going to feed us? Because I'm not responsible for everything that's happening out in the world. No, I'm not. I can't change it by sitting and watching it. I have to change by doing. Yes. By coming in here, sitting down and taking a step forward and hopefully yeah. helping ourselves, selfishly helping ourselves. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. That's, I think one of the number one perks of uh, starting a podcast is getting to interview people and learn from all their amazing wealth of knowledge, but hopefully y'all learn yeah. from it too. So we're going to be doing a lot of that in the episodes and the weeks and months and dare I say years ahead, Missy? Years. Years. Because I think we've established today that we're messy enough that we can do years worth of work just on ourselves. Yes. 
But if we're that messy, probably everyone else out there is looking for something that we have all these great expert friends and new friends we're going to make who can come on and teach us stuff. Exactly. And so I do want to do a reminder. One of the main things we're trying to do, because as messed up as Missy and I are, we (laughs) want this show to be about the listeners and about you. So be sure to go to the momandandpodcast.com website. And at the top, there is a link to the what's your question. And you can Mm -hmm. either call our phone line or you can submit it there. You can submit it anonymous. You can just do the name field as anonymous if it's a question that you don't want us to know who you are asking it. And uh, we want to make sure that we are getting the pros and the experts on to answer your questions. So that's going to help us in the months ahead. So be sure to give us that input. Yeah, please. So what else do we have for today? We're going to do a little segment. We don't know if this is going to be an ongoing segment or if it's going to be a one-time segment. (laughs) We don't know what we're going to name it for sure. We don't know what we're going to name it for sure. You can leave us a message about that and tell us if our name stinks. What did we say as we were coming in here? We're going to try look, listen, and learn. Look, listen, and learn. Stop. But I realized I don't necessarily have three things that fit those categories today. But well, well so look could be things we're watching. Yeah. Listen stuff, podcasts we're listening to, music we're listening to, and then learn could be a takeaway from this week, something that we've yeah. actually taken action on and hopefully have learned from and talk about that. And I think those could be fun points to focus on. And I like to have goals so I can put those in my head every week as a goal to know that I'm going to talk about them later. So I like to have a goal of let's You need have to something. look and listen at something in the next week or else, yeah. or else you're letting us all down. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So what are you looking at this week? Okay, so this week, I can't believe it was this week. I keep saying that, but January has been a really long month so far. Really, really has. Yeah, so this week, my husband and I binged all of Bridgerton. Have you watched Bridgerton yet? Uh, No, but I've heard. Is it kind of like a sexy Downton Abbey or like? Absolutely. That's okay. Like super sexy, like not for my 15-year-old sexy? Not for your 15-year-old sexy. Um, Maybe not even for me at times, but... (laughs) It's not my thing. Like period drama is really not my thing. I did watch Down Abbey. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, that doesn't call to me. I'm not like, oh, I've got to watch that. So I don't know what it was that made us watch it, but I'd heard so many people rave about it. And it is great. It's Shonda Rhimes. So yeah. I mean, you can't you kind go of, wrong. Yeah, you can't go wrong. You know, you're going to get really juicy characters, which yeah. you totally do. And it was so much fun. And we watched it in, I'm a little embarrassed to say, three nights. So, so was your I husband see, into it too? Well, I guess if there's some sexy time, probably. There's some sexy stuff. Okay. <laughs> a friend of mine said, your husband will thank you for watching it. <laughs> so. Okay. Because we watched one of the trailers. He's like, I think this one might be a little, and he, you know, we don't try to like genderify our TV watching. Right. But when he was watching, he's like, I think this one might be a little too feminine for me. And I was like, I think it might be a little too feminine for me. But then the more and more I hear about it, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try. We've just been wrapping up a bunch of stuff. So we're trying not to add a whole new series until we finish up this last round of Fargo. The one with Chris Rock. So good. We are bad abandoners because we will start something and then life will get busy. And so then we don't have time to watch it and then we don't go back to it. So one of my goals for this year is that if we start something, we're going to finish it, which sounds ridiculous because it's TV. Who cares? (laughs) 
but so many things we walk away from and it's fine to walk away if you don't like it but if you like something like finish it yes well luckily yeah. we have the little reminders in like the hulu bar or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah let's see what oh so i've been looking at because olga's going to be on the podcast and also just because it's awesome and because look at how cute can you see that yeah oh yeah, I just love that the best cover. cover. Sorry, I'm really yelling in the microphone now. But I, I want a pillow that, that looks like that. But I've been reading uh, the book. It's Nixon or Nuxon. <laughs> we will learn how to pronounce it from Olga. But I've been reading that and it's really interesting. It's this, like I said, the Dutch art of doing nothing. And Olga, even wait. though she's from Poland, she now lives in the Netherlands and is kind of looking at it from this outsider yet insider view and it's mm -hmm. interesting because a lot of the people that she knows are like we don't do that and she's like you do it so well you don't even know that you're doing it wow so it's this interesting perspective when it's so ingrained in these people's lives that they just know to take this nothing time for themselves that they don't even realize that they are doing it which what Ooh. a nice way to be yeah whereas and you know as americans we're not supposed to ever do nothing yes and if you're doing nothing you have to justify it in a thousand different ways yes and backfill the busy, which brings us yep. back to today's episode. So yeah. yeah, so that has been a really, and it's also counterbalancing. I am listening to the book Cast. Yeah, it's basically about the history of America and the caste system, racial inequality, and it is deep and it is eye-opening. And it's a very good balance with the Nixon book to be like, light and then okay yes. dive in dive in light <laughs> so, uh -huh. Uh -huh. So they're they're balancing my life out right now yeah that one is downloaded into my kindle i haven't started it yet what have you been listening to music listening to i've been listening to steph baron hall's podcast get ready to have her on the show and learn a little bit more she's really good like, isn't she awesome love her. yeah you know when we were trying to figure out which because there's a lot of enneagram coaches a lot podcasts and stuff and so we listen to a lot of them and they're all they're they're all very good but she just has some of the stuff i listen to where she's like you know what enneagram's not you don't take this test and be like, oh i should be a fireman you know or it's not going <laughs> to answer that question for you it's, right. it's just forcing you to take a deeper look and it's a method of doing that and learning more about yourself and others but I, I do like that she makes people still do the hard work and not think that they can just fill out a couple bubbles on a test and have this right. answer to what the meaning of their life should be. Yeah, I've loved it. As far as learning, what did I learn? I'm not carrying over from last week. Well, I am carrying over from last week's episode because in doing those episodes, I had to learn how to edit and upload them and <laughs> put them on a website in a way that they can get out to the world. Now Goodness, it's done. Now it. we can do this and this is going to roll. And it's just learning to do it that first time. I think that's what keeps people from doing new things sometimes. That's what keeps me from doing yeah. things new, uh, for the first time because that first time that's scary. And then once yeah, you do I'm, it, you're like, oh, okay, I know. Yeah. For some reason, we think we're supposed to know how to do everything. And I, I have a child who really hates new things, mm -hmm. but also really loves new things. If that makes any sense at all. He yes. always wants to try things. He's game for everything. But when it's time to go do that thing, anxiety really ticks up because he yeah. realizes he doesn't know how to do it. 
Yeah. So I can say to him, we don't know how to do things and it's okay. And we learn and we ask for help, but I don't always take my own advice at all. And I will not do something like a podcast because I don't understand how it works. So yeah, I I have a minor in French and can't speak it. (laughs) I never wanted to sound stupid practicing Mm -hmm. that out loud. So I can dream really fast in French, but I can't, (laughs) I can't speak it because I wasn't brave enough or wasn't willing to just kind of, what's the big word these days? Vulnerable. Vulnerable. To be vulnerable yeah. and willing to look stupid and sound yeah. stupid. And yeah. And yeah. Um, and I do think some of that is ingrained in us culturally and some of that is personality type. I, I think we should do a whole episode at some point on that, that need for perfection because yes. we're not wanting to look stupid. I'm like writing what? that down. Oh, yeah, write it down because what Somewhere. is that? And I really have yeah. always, I realize as I'm talking about it, I totally admire people who just go out and do a thing. Like yeah. I have never karaoke because I can't sing, but I love to sing. I love to sing. My whole family can I attest to that. that. that being, yeah, being in the car with me is probably a miserable experience for them because I sing, but I can't sing. I'm not trained anyway. I can't really carry a tune. It's not good, but karaoke would probably be pretty fun for me, but I'm afraid of looking stupid and I'm afraid of being embarrassed. And what, what is that? I I don't know. I just, I think we just came up with a new uh, type of episode where Missy and Suzanne pick from the hat of things that scare the other and we go force them to do it. We do it together. (laughs) It's perfect. Post pandemic. So I I can not karaoke for a little bit longer. Yes. We have an excuse not to karaoke unless I just make you sing on an episode. Can you even imagine? Oh, no, it's bad. It's not good. I can't sing. My (laughs) eyes twitching just thinking about it. (laughs) Yeah, I too do not karaoke. I so no, I feel it. I feel it. And I have so many friends that like that's their life's passion. And I'll I will go and I'll dance along while they're singing. (laughs) I'll clap for them. And that's it. Okay. Wait, did you say something you listened or learned? Oh no, I didn't, but I'm kind of gonna piggyback on you. So I'm trying to figure out, like really figure out and learn all the social media pieces. I am the most haphazard social media person. Clearly I love it. Instagram's one of my favorite places and I do a fair amount of scrolling there. I love to scroll Twitter, but I haven't ever been deliberate about it. And I feel like we need to be deliberate if we're gonna build a community. The only way to do that is to have all these outlets to build that community and really understand how it works and why it works and what makes sense for the two of us. And so I've been doing some reading and just playing around with our channels so far. And I um, even did an Instagram story. I'm so proud of you. I saw it. (laughs) So I think that, did we cover everything? Yeah, I feel like we did. But we probably need to do a little reminder since we're talking about Instagram and social media and all the Mm -hmm. socials. We officially have all our socials up and running now. Yes. I believe the podcast is now available for subscribing on iTunes. Yeah. Spotify. Uh-huh. Other places Google I've podcasts. never heard of. Yeah. Stitcher. <laughs> Stitcher. Yeah. Wherever you listen to a podcast, you can find us, subscribe us. If you have a place where you do listen to podcasts and cannot find us, you're probably not listening to this, but if you are... <laughs> 
<laughs> tell us to add it. And yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find everything, links to everything and where you can go ask your question for us to find experts to answer and for future episodes are all at momandpodcast.com and it's and yeah. spelled out A-N-D. So talk to us too, please. Facebook, we're trying to like build a community over there and please come talk. to and I'm trying to remember to go there and talk back to you. So. It's just me talking to Missy like we do. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Like, That's like you said, even if no one else listens to this, we've got the most amazing guests lined up for at least the next two months. So we're, yeah. we know we're going to have two months of amazing people to talk to. So I hope that you will listen because we know that we're going to be learning a lot. Yeah, we're excited. So hopefully you are too. All right. So next week, look forward to Jen Mann. who's going to come talk to us about people she wants to punch in the throat. I have a list of those. I hope I'm not on the list. I don't think I'm going to be. Okay. But we could see I'm trying to fill up my busy just by talking all day. I know. Got to go get to to something. Some stuff. Yes. All right. So until next week. Thanks for listening to mom and dot, dot, dot. Go out there and make those dots count.